Oh, what an amazing week it has been. Walking around, your chest is lifted a little bit higher. Your chin is in the air. There is nothing like starting the season off 1-0 with an emphatic win over the San Francisco 49ers. And I know a lot of people want to make excuses about the rain. This was happening because apparently I, I didn't I didn't get this nuance watching the game on Sunday, but apparently the uh, the 49ers were the only team playing in the rain. No, the Bears had a dome somehow. They were I don't know if they were playing with uh, CGI or something, but apparently the rain did not bother. Justin Fields is not a good quarterback. Like no, no, like no, uh, you know, nothing about the no uh, declaration about the rain. Like, hey, for the rain, like Justin Fields threw a couple of touchdown passes in the rain. But oh, for Trey Lance, every excuse is coming out of the book. But listen, excuses are in the past. We're looking forward. And Sammy, let's start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Hello, everybody. It is Packers Week. You cannot help but feel the excitement in the air, no matter where you are. If you're in California, if you're in Florida, or even if you're in Chicago, which, by the way, WCKG AM 1530 is the Chicago home of the Sick Podcast. Every Friday, we are on the air, 2 to 3 p.m. Central, and of course, followed immediately by Olin Krutz and Jason McKee, a cover two of Bears coverage like no other. That's AM 1530 WCKG. Maybe you're listening to us right now on there on that station. And of course, we do have a podcast that we do every week, Tuesday nights, take it to the rank, 8 p.m. Eastern. Carmen Vitale joins us as our co-host. And of course, if you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook, please comment using the word sick to let us know that you're enjoying the show. And we've got a great one here. Listen, it is Packers week. So of course, we're going to be having the most prominent Packers voice in the world. Tom Grossi is going to be joining us here in just a matter of moments. And of course, we'll be taking a trip to Fantasy Island, Samantha Praviti will be joining us going over some of the hot topics in the world of fantasy football. I know a lot of you started 0-1 and you're concerned about CeeDee Lamb and Allen Robinson and some of these other guys. But listen, we're going to get to the bottom of a lot of those issues. Perhaps stream a quarterback if you're uh, missing out on Dak Prescott, if you're worried about Tom Brady this week. But look, fantasy is not my primary concern. What concerns me is the Green Bay Packers. And it is time now... For Rank's rival. Oh, and he's a he's a rival in team only. He is one of the most delightful people in all of sports. His podcast is a must listen. Whether you like the Packers or not, if you do not like my next guest, I feel like there's something wrong with you. Please welcome to the show Tom Grassi of the Grassi Posse. And he, what is happening? What are you doing? I thought we were, I didn't know I was what was going on. No, this is not a voodoo to all the bears. No, it's hey Adam, thanks so much for having me, buddy. Really appreciate being on the show. Always a pleasure. Um glad that you got that one Justin Field highlight for the audio for the intro. It's uh it's oh, good. Thanks for having dare. me, buddy. You know, actually there's a lot of there's a lot of highlights. I don't want to I don't want to dwell too much on what happened last week, but mm. we have a photo, Sammy. Like let's just a little juxtaposition of what happened. On so there's Justin Fields, king of the world. Do we the- have a photo, Sammy? Like, he's just like, listen, I spent eight hours making this photo for this one moment. This is why I have to come out guns blazing, because you already have a graphics team that is already ready, and they're like, oh, we've been creating this for weeks. weeks. You know what? Like I, like, I haven't been sitting there, like, at every opportunity, every show on the NFL Network at some point oh, yeah. this week has pulled out the Rodgers I own you bit. Of like, of course, like Eddie Jackson is on the the total access on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, perhaps, and he, of course, like they have to keep hearing it, and for good reason. You know, the, the Packers have done very well. Listen, the Packers have done very well, but it also is worth pointing out that for the longest time, we had Brett Favre owning 
owning the Bears, much like he owned a gymnasium in Mississippi. But he's owned the Bears for a long time. And then they hired they hired Lovey Smith. Yeah. And the tables turned. And I think a lot of Bears fans are feeling optimistic about what Matt Eberflus has done. And last week, I know that was in the rain and everything. As a non-objective observer, what did you think? I, at least you hate the 49ers. What did you think of last week's game against the Bears? I, I just want to know what you what sincerely what you thought. Okay, so here's the thing. Because <laughs> there was a lot of thoughts just what because for once I was actually able to sit down and like watch the one o'clock games over on the East Coast and mm-hmm. just seeing the condition of Soldier Field, like the the lines being wonky. I know they fixed it before game time, and just like the soup that they were playing in. I had a banger of a tweet saying both fields are looking terrible in Chicago, which oh. just did very well capitalized the fields out of respect. But I That's will true. say the defense looked great in terms of the Bears. And then Justin Fields, I know the word that's being thrown out this week is resilient. He played well in that fourth quarter. I mean, he wound up throwing two yeah. touchdowns. And I know you mentioned it in the cold open. You know, Trey Lance didn't really step up it. Their O-line also struggled a bit. But, you know, listen, yeah. I think a lot of people said on the NFL website, they ranked the Bears 32, Adam. 32. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was a little too high. But I honestly thought that they weren't going to be the worst team in the league this year. I thought they were going to be bad. But I didn't think they were going to be yeah. the worst one. So I think they maybe shut some people up for a minute. Maybe. A little bit, yeah. I, You know what? I had pointed out to, I'm like, hey, in a world where the Seahawks exist, and of course the Seahawks go out and win. And then they win. Where the, where the, where the Falcons exist and the Falcon, Falcons go out to a huge lead on New Orleans. I'm like, maybe we are the worst. But um, <laughs> uh, the, the Jets the Jets are terrible, though. And the man yeah, who does true. the power rankings for the NFL.com, Dan Hanses, is a Jets fan. And I, I will tell you this, that there is a – I know he will never admit it publicly, but in a weird way – uh, I know a lot of people know the backstory, but I'm also an Angels fan. And of course, there's a rivalry between Otani and Aaron Judge. So I feel that I feel like the Bears were harshly judged because I'm also an Otani fan. And the Bears fans come out of the you know this better than anybody. Like the yeah. Bears fans will not let we let nothing slide. Like there's always like, what did that guy say? What yep. did it like? At least you're a prominent figure. I'm talking about the curtain jerkers of Packers <laughs> Twitter. Like not even Bukowski or whoever that guy is. Like the <laughs> like the dregs, the guys who are in the dark matches with yeah. 13 followers. Who cares what that guy? That guy made a joke. Who cares? Nobody saw it. But no, Bears fans, Ill Will and the rest of us were like Berlissimo. We're like, oh, we're on it. What did you say? And we want they're to throw bookmarking hands. these tweets and they're just like, Hey, you remember what you said back in 2006? <laughs> well, here yeah. we are right yeah. now. I mean, listen, I'm just happy that the Bears they had their Super Bowl last week. You know, this was a big deal for them. And and now, you know, things should go back to the status quo. Because for the Packers, it was status quo. We got blown out in week one, uh, right. as now has been tradition. I'm not a big fan of this tradition. Right. But, you know, we we just got to keep on moving. Keep on it's moving. like Bernie Brewer just sliding yeah. down. You got yeah. Bernie Brewer. You got uh, – I know I, I know you called it our Super Bowl. Uh, I would I would like to refer to it as our NFC Championship game. And I know that would have looked a little odd to you because we actually won it. But I just want to say, like, this might be our Super Bowl. Which one did you? Oh, I'm sorry. I got confused with what we're talking about, the 2010 season, that NFC Championship game. I forgot. I forgot. Never mind. I I just got lost. That's me. I'm sorry. That was unprofessional. Um, Yeah. You know what? Yes, that's your NFC Championship game, um, which then last week would be our NFC Championship game, too. So Which you lost. That's why I know you could have been like. By the way, I, I, I don't like the Packers. Um, number one. And now I didn't think I could hate you more, but the fact that you gave false hope to the Vikings is really like, that's kind of taken a little wind out of my sail. That's on me. me. Yeah. That was completely your fault. What I, again, last year you get blown out against the saints in Jacksonville. Uh, how, you know, however that works. I know there was a hurricane, but uh, what is it? I know it's easy to be like, hey, you know, like it's a tradition or anything like that. Yeah. Is there more concern this year? Because I remember last year I was like, I'm not buying into this. Like you're not yeah, sucking yeah. Me into this one. Yeah. Now people are like, hey, there's injuries. There's no Devontae Adams. Does this one feel different to you? It honestly doesn't. I mean, I think it has more weight because it's against a division rival. So like that game later down the line might matter a little bit more, even though with the Saints, it was still like within the conference. I think the the thing is, 
there's injuries, but Quay Walker seems fine. So that's okay. Chris Barnes, you know, he messed up, but he shouldn't be out for the entire season. And I think a lot of it is going to be obviously the inexperience of the receivers that we're talking about. But the biggest one is, I mean, at least for me, there's some optimism because once Jenkins, at least Jenkins comes back, that offensive line gets a lot better. And then so Rodgers doesn't have to rush those throws. And then if we get Bakhtiari back, and I'm going to use if at this point because it's been two years, I think that this team looks a lot better. And I think that the biggest thing for me, then I really talked about this on Sunday. If there's one concern that I have about the Matt LaFleur Green Bay Packers, and other pundits have picked up on this, it's something I've been saying for a little bit. Once they get hit, like once they get knocked out of their game plan, the Packers are not really a comeback team under Matt LaFleur. That's my concern because once you start to have things not go well, you get away from the run game, which was the best thing that we had going about that offense. Hell, A.J. Dillon was our yeah. leading receiver this past Sunday. But it makes it seem like, oh, the game's already over. It happened with the Mercedes Lewis fumble during the divisional round against the 49ers. Ooh. They were rocking. They fumbled. They did not look the same the entire rest of the game. You look at it last year against the Saints. That happens. It just seems that every time you go down by like 10, 14 points, there's kind of like a, oh, crap, I don't know if we're going to come back from this. That would be my concern. And it's weird with Aaron Rodgers. You would think that they are never out of the game because yeah. of him. I don't know why, though, then you always rally against the Bears. That's that's the <laughs> one That's the one time it doesn't. You guys could be down 40. Sure. And, like, I'll, I'll never be sitting comfortable. It's the fourth you. quarter, and you're just like, there's too much time left. There, yeah. There's, yeah, I think, you know, obviously, you know, the Lions, we were able to kind of bounce back a little bit. The Bears, there was one game last year where you guys came out of the gate pretty hot, um, yeah. and we were able to. But, yeah, it it seems like when it, it happens early and you go down early, there just seems to be, like, a loss of fight. And I don't know if that's just, you know, being lack of prepared. And, and it is just week one, so I don't think there should be anybody who's panicking out there. Yeah. But I do have some optimism for once we get some of those key pieces of the offensive line back that things should go back to being a little bit normal for the Packers. Yeah, especially with Jenkins. Bakhtiari, I feel like, is a luxury if you get anything. Like, it's so hard. Like, it's not like playing Madden and you just put him in there like, oh, he's back at 99. It's going to take him some time to get. But Jenkins is good. I always try to tell Bears fans, like, this team is good. Like, they're – I'm actually trying to tell it to Vikings fans. I'm like, you guys, you had a nice one. Like. Yeah. Enough already. Like down you're down. you're Some okay. Yeah. I you know what though? I really think though that the Packers, as much as I hate to give them credit, I think that they're really well suited. Once again, I think the defense, despite what happened on Sunday, yes. is gonna be very good. The running game is what is the the most impressive thing to me. You mentioned AJ Dillon leading the team in rushing, leading the team in receiving. I didn't like that from a fantasy perspective because I have a lot of Aaron Jones. Although at the end of the at the end of the summer when I was doing drafts and we started getting the price of Aaron Jones too too high, I was like, "Listen, shift to AJ Dillon. He's going to be fantastic." Do you think that we're going to see that? And I know that Rogers doesn't he doesn't throw the ball as much as people think. But do you think that that this team's identity is going to be through the run game? I mean, I think even the interview that they just did, like Rogers was talking about, like we need to get them the ball more. And I think yeah. that while you're going to have these guys go through these growing pains, meaning our you know young receivers, you have a run game of thunder and lightning that you can rely yeah. on, right? You have the one, two guys right back there. So I think it's going to be a matter of that's what you lead off with. And if that's successful, great. You lean on that. If it's not successful, that's when you start to like, you know, go back to the run and a little bit more balance. But I think, you know, to your point, you talked about the defense that not even the offense, the defense was the most disappointing thing for me this past Sunday, because I know I hyped them to the moon. I was talking top 10, potentially top five. And I think that that's still very, very possible. But that was the most disappointing thing. The fact that you're allowing Justin Jefferson to have a career high day and just torch your team and talking about adjustments. It just seems like that there weren't many. So, yeah, that would be my main concern. Um, but for identity, I think you're going to see a more balanced offense because there's not a number one guy that you're going to constantly just be able to dump the ball off to. Yeah. Could we ever see him do the Mac Jones and Buffalo thing? Let's have Aaron Rodgers just throw it three times. Three times. That's it. Yeah. Fantasy owners would love that. I mean, I don't think you're going to get that far because I think, you know, Matt LaFleur also knows that he does have Aaron Rodgers under center. So I think like while he's there, you utilize him. 
But I think that you're just what you saw in week one. And I think what you're going to see, honestly, a couple times throughout the season are those growing pains and those nuances. You had Matt LaFleur, his first year we came in, they went to the NFC championship game, but I don't know any Packers fan that will tell you that they didn't overachieve that year, right? right. They got blown out by the 49ers and it was, they were adjusting. Things were awkward. They had some really bad games. And then in 2020, they hit their groove. Everything's looking fantastic. You know, and he really kind of came on his own. I think you're going to see just, again, it's another shift in 2022. Maybe not with, you know, the the play calling, but more the play style. That it's not like, hey, Devontae Adams is going to bail me out, which I right. don't necessarily think is a bad thing because Rodgers was constantly trying to do that when he got desperate of, hey, I don't care if he's double covered. I'm just going to bomb it to him, even though you have Alan Lazard, you know, running across the middle of the field. Yeah, what's up with Alan Lazard? Is he going to be back and healthy and ready to go? Like, who, who eventually steps up amongst the wide receivers. I know that Christian Watson yeah. had an unfortunate drop on the first play. Oh, Romeo Dobbs didn't quite. I mean, he's a great, yeah. he was great. In pre- he's a good player. I like yeah, him. Yeah. You know. He's actually a nice guy. I hate, I hate how nice he is. Like he's a legitimately yeah. nice person. His story is amazing. Yeah. Oh, he's like, I met both of those rookie wide receivers at the uh, rookie premiere at the Coliseum over the summer. And I'm like, I don't like how much I like both of you. <laughs> it really was, it yeah. really was blowing me out. I have a photo with both of them. I'm like, I'll take a photo with them. I, I had not met Bayless Jones yet. And I'm like, if Bayless Jones is not cool. <laughs> I'm gonna, thankfully Bayless also, who has been a friend of, who's a friend of the show. He, uh, He's great too. So it's like, okay, cool. These are nice guys. So I don't feel too bad yeah. about it, but who eventually steps up? I, I say this selfishly yeah. from fantasy reasons, but who is that? Like somebody has to step up. There's not anybody on that roster last year, any wide receiver who had over 600 yards, who is eventually the guy? Yeah. Real quick, before I answer that, I just wanted to ask when you met Bayless Jones Jr., did you yeah. both get dinner at like four 30 in the afternoon? You know, just because like, I know. No, I'm sorry. Not- his bedtime you know, just, probably a little later. Yeah. Just because Bayless can go rent a car doesn't mean that he's any less worthy of your guys. So chill very out. On that one. It's, it's, it's very true. Um, and to answer this, so I've done like a number of, I've talked about this a number of times. I did a whole video on this. And I think you're going to see Alan Lazard probably be that guy. But I don't think he's going to have, I honestly would be surprised if he had a thousand yard season. I think you're going to mm-hmm. look at him like 800 yards. And then there's going to be a bunch of guys who have like 500, maybe 600, 450. And I think some of the guys are going to step up, and this is why I loved him so much in fantasy, is Aaron Jones, because that guy can catch yeah. too. And so I think that you know, you're going to utilize the running backs in a whole lot of different passing opportunities. I think Robert Tunyon could potentially come back and make like a big push there. And then my guy that I've been saying all summer, even before the preseason, was probably going to be Romeo Dobbs. And it, that's nothing against Christian Watson. That doesn't even have anything to do with right. his injury. It just looks at the volume that he got in college. He was a guy who was just thrown to a lot. And Mm. Christian Watson, while their passing game was not great, he made the most of their opportunities. And like he was all over the field and had those big explosive plays. Romeo Dobbs was like, hey, like you can throw him, you know, something behind the line and he'll be able to scamper for four to five yards. So I think like target wise, you might see Romeo as a season progresses be one of the main targets or at least have a, a good chunk of it. But I think Lazard should still lead with probably around like 800 yards. And obviously there was the the viral video of Aaron Rodgers being upset with his wide receivers. Yeah. It's, it's too much made of that. I, I mean, yeah. personally, like I like it. Like I, I love watching Aaron yeah. Rodgers be frustrated. It's good to have a new gif to now have that we can pull up, you know, when we're trying to troll you guys. Of course. But it's too much made of that. It It, it feels overblown, but how do you feel about that? Yes. I also think that, there is a lack of coverage on like what he said. I think it was yesterday or I think it was yesterday or two days ago where he was saying like these receivers, like they want to get better. They want to work. And he's like, and I'm going to do everything I can to get them to that point. Like he took that ownership of saying like, I'm going to be the guy who makes sure that they get to where they need to go. And I think like if you haven't watched Aaron Rodgers and kind of understood at least some of that competitive mentality at this point, like he wants to win and listen, he did not look great on Sunday. You know, the onus yeah. is there's definitely some blame to go around there, you know, with the O-line, the inexperience, all that great stuff. But yeah, I think it's way overblown because especially after, especially after last season and all the podcasts that he went on and all of the yeah. comments that he made, I feel like if you didn't like Aaron Rodgers before this, 
he gave you all the ammunition to continue to not like him. So I think that if he's going to say something, like even the wide receiver comment that was made during like training camp and stuff like that, I think that was overblown because you had Randall Cobb out there basically saying like, hey, they need to adjust to us, you know, because like we've been in this system. They're the new guys. I think that's on every football team, but because Aaron Rodgers says it, it's going to get a little bit more heat. Yeah, you know what? And I, you know, and I, I don't want to be, political about this but the one thing that really I mean to, whatever you think of Aaron Rodgers and what he was doing last year yeah. again not to get political but the thing that always stands out to me is that he was wearing a Star Wars episode 9 sweatshirt yeah, and I that, think like that's something that you can't come back from no that like, is the most that, egregious thing he's ever done that's accurate that, that is was accurate that was too much it was like I don't know like I I can give I've met Aaron Rodgers before and it was like okay he wasn't rude to me he knew sure, who sure. I was he knew I was a Bears fan and he played along yeah. but when I saw that episode nine sweatshirt I'm like no this you've this is too fun unforgivable yeah I mean like there's no one who goes around and is like yeah Rise of Skywalker is my favorite movie no no one no that was, like, that was no the first time Murray's ever said it like you just you just I uttered that for the first time your shirt was a CM Punk shirt. I really thought for a hot second because I looked at it quickly and I was like, oh, okay. Like you got, you know, right now taking some heat with that. And uh, it's like, you know, cause I, I have know. some CM Punk stuff. I'm like, I don't really know if I want to wear it right now. There's, that. But, There's a Young Bucks t-shirt right here. There you go. Uh, the I Young know. Bucks are there uh, floating RBG. So I'll, I'll be let a Grand you know Slam on Wednesday. Love Listen, it. It's in my I'll neck of the woods. So I'm excited for that. But yeah, in terms of, of that, that is you know, some things just can't be forgiven, you know, whether yeah. you, you talk about, you know, his vaccine status, you know, his views, political views, all that stuff, you know, and there could be some discourse there. Right. But I haven't even rewatched it since I saw it in theaters episode nine, That's- because it was that abysmal. I've never sat home alone in my darkest hour and go, you know what? I'm going to yeah. rewatch episode nine. There would have to be never. a lot a lot to happen in my life for me to get to that kind of low to even just want to view it again, let alone represent it on any part of my body. I told my kids that that movie does not exist. They never made it. They never finished this thing. So oh, it man, it's, it's crazy how they just left that sequel trilogy just open like that. Yeah. yeah. Just, it's just a, it's just a twofer, but I I'm curious though. And again, I'm, I, I really want your like, honest opinion. I, I think that the bears team is now, it's weird watching a game and being the team that's actually the most disciplined. You know, mm. like you heard them, like we're not the ones committing the dumb penalties. Yeah. We're not the ones making mistakes. And Joey or Joey, Nick Bosa can go out there and complain all he wants. It's like, bro, you grabbed the face mask. What did you yeah. think? Like, like the Bears are obviously not more talented than the Packers at this point. But is there something about it that you're like, yeah, this team feels a little bit different? So it's funny because if you look around the division, there's a lot of new, right? That's going on with a lot of teams. The Packers are kind of like the mainstead. You kind of look at that window and you're like, okay, it's not closed, but like it's definitely close, at least on the Aaron Rodgers era, right? So there's that. You look at the Lions and if there's a team that I'm afraid of the most in the next five to seven seasons, it's going to be the Detroit Lions. And the reason being is because their team is young. They're building it patiently. I think Dan Campbell is that guy to bring that team there. So many former players on that coaching staff, and they're kind of just letting Campbell run that squad. And I think that that's perfect of what they need to do. They get a franchise QB. They're going to be problematic. So you have them, right? You have the Vikings who there's some nuance there too. Obviously new GM, new head coach. I think now that you have an offensive minded head coach, I think Zimmer kind of went the way of McCarthy in which just overextended his stay, you know, like teams were kind of just in the 21st century. He just wasn't focused on the defense when he had some of the best offensive uh, weapons, not only in the division, but in the freaking NFL, you have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen and Dalvin cook, and you're not putting up 35 points a game. And I don't know what we're doing here. Inexcusable. It, it is, truly. So I think that, you know, Kirk Cousins, we'll see how long that is going to go on for. I think that's going to be limited. But I think that they have the potential to be in that conversation of being a good team. The Bears are in this weird position right now because you had a Matt Nagy run team and he did run them. It was just into the ground. And <laughs> Ryan Pace is no longer there, which I think, again, is good for the organization. But they're kind of in this weird limbo in which they obviously trade away Cleo Mack. Next season, 
they have a crap ton of money in cap space. Like they can go out, they can go and pull a Jacksonville Jaguars and they can overpay guys like Christian Kirk, you know, all they want, all the live <laughs> long day. But they're in this weird position where you still have guys like David Montgomery, who are great. Darnell Mooney, who's fantastic. The O-line is very, very young. And so they're inexperienced. You're looking at guys like Tevin Jenkins and you're like, I don't know if he's going to be a mainstay here like we want him to. But the biggest question is, of course, Justin Fields. He's your guy. You traded up to get him. He is part of the last regime. And I've had this conversation with Bears fans of going, okay, how long do you give him? Do you give him this season? And then another one, even if he's not that great this season, I feel like you still give him a shot because there's a lot of variables there. He doesn't have the best team around him. So in talking about what I see now with the Bears, wins and losses shouldn't even be a factor this year. It's do we have our franchise QB? And if not, that's a whole different problem that we need to tackle. So I'm not necessarily surprised that you saw that discipline because Matt Nagy's not running the team anymore. You yeah. have you have KOC who's great. Like you have KOC. I'm so sorry. You have Eberflus who like comes from a like a defensive background. He's a disciplined guy. You know, not really super duper flashy, but you don't need flashy. You need that discipline to say, hey, let's be at least a pain in the ass for a lot of these other teams for every single game that we play and see what we have because then next year we can actually have the capital to start building upon it. So I'm not surprised. It's just, it's different because you, you had Matt Nagy for so long in my right. Opinion. No, it's true. And it, and it, it was stark of how different it was and actually coming out and making adjustments. And you know what they yeah. look like, and they look like they were in shape. The 49ers. I know that the, you know, they started showing some highlights and the, re- the, the heavy stuff didn't come down to the very end. Yeah. And then I, I wanted everybody to know, like, that's not what the, the that's not what the whole game looked like. Yeah. Trey Lance was missing open throws. And that's the thing. Like, everybody is looking at Trey Lance like, oh, you know what? We don't want to judge him on this one game. It was a monsoon. It was yeah. this. Oh, so many factors are going in. And then everybody looks at Justin like, nope, this guy can't play. He's, like, he's he, threw, he threw two touchdowns. Yeah. And I think that the most important thing for me is that, again, making those adjustments, setting them up. I thought that the way that the Bears attacked them was they were going to run the football. And as long as the 49ers didn't get a huge lead and didn't extend a huge lead, there was no pressure to go out there and really take too many chances and put you in a bad spot. So when they had their moment and the time was right, they went out there and made the plays. And I think the touchdown pass to Dante Pettis, he threw a, 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 he lofted a ball to him because he didn't have, like, you don't throw a dot, like, don't overthrow him. Like, make sure he gets the football because it's going to be a huge gainer. I think things like that, the throw to, to uh, Equinemius St. Brown also was yep. pretty nice. That was actually well, a nice throw. Uh, yeah. What did you think? What did you think when Equinemius St. Brown was running into the end zone? You're like, really? Now now this is when this <laughs> now, happened? Now, here we go. It's funny, too, because I've talked to a bunch of players, too, especially ones that were on the practice squad, like Kurt, and you, you guys worked him out. Um, and he was just like, listen, like EQ can play, like he just wants an opportunity and like, he, you know, that there was stuff that was going on and all that great stuff. But I think the fact that you, you mentioned it, even the fact that you made adjustments, that was different yeah. for the Chicago bears, you know, like that, that's something that you hadn't really seen with the last regime. And I think that if you're anybody who is anybody in this business, if you're actually making conclusions off of Justin Fields or Trey Lance from that, from that right. game, I don't, I don't know what we're doing besides clickbait here. Because if you're saying, oh, well, Trey Lance, you know, we'll say, but Justin Fields, he looked real, real bad. Or even vice yeah. versa. I do, I do the reverse. I do the reverse. Yeah, I know. it was a typhoon. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's one of those yeah. things that you can't look at them and go, yeah, they're busts. Or, oh, my God, they're going to be amazing. I think there's things that you can take, like Justin Fields' resiliency, and say, like, hey, he made some nice throws. And he did enough to win the game. The defense was able to be good, et cetera. You know, I think you look at this Sunday, that would be much a much better test and a more accurate gauge of being like, okay, let's see where he is in like conditions that are not, you know, you're sinking into the field. Well, there's, there's a 60% chance of rain. So again, if the bears can just somehow manage to play in the rain the whole year, the whole so year. everybody can make excuses. The super, un, unfortunately the super bowls in Arizona. So it is, I don't know if we'll, we'll have to ask them to pull the roof open. Yeah, just retract something it. Like that. Just retract it. Just, like, just so it can rain, just so the bears can have another excuse to go out and win. I, I think that they're set up pretty well. I, I like your breakdown of the division. The Lions, to me, I do like what you're saying about them because their offensive line is fantastic. And if they had any other quarterback, 
I would really be concerned about what they're going to do. And I think that no matter what happens, no matter what happens this season, they have to jump up in the draft to yeah. take a quarterback. Cause I think they'll be good enough to be like right in that like 10, 11 spot where like, ugh, not people, bad enough to get the number one quarterback, but people were looking at it and going, Oh, with their first pick this, like this past draft, they're going to pick a quarterback. I'm like, no, I'm like, maybe the old lions would have, but I'm like, if they do that, they just tanked their rebuild. They just yeah. tanked it because again, they're in another position. They should not even care about wins and loss. I think they're going to be like a really gritty, you know, not to be a hard knocks guy, but like, they're going to be yeah. a gritty team this year. And it's not even about wins and losses again, because it's setting up for the next step. Because once that D line, because I think that they have young talent there, you obviously have Hutch back there. Once that D line and even some of their old draft picks that they drafted really, really high, like Okuda, if he's able to step up and make that secondary a little bit better, they're building a balanced football team. They have the running backs. So like now it's, hey, once you get that franchise guy, be careful because like they're starting to build that team the correct way, finally. But I'm just not as big of a believer in Dan Campbell as you are. Like I like him, but to go back, he's kind of like Danhausen where you're like, hey, I love seeing him. When he's on my television, I love it. I can't look away. But do I think that he's going to end up holding the AEW title? I don't. I don't. And similarly, that's – I want him to. I like him. He's one of my favorites. I'll buy his T-shirt. Dan Campbell, give me a T-shirt. Give me a biting the kneecap T-shirt. I'll wear it. No, I won't wear it, but I'll, you know, I'll have the merch. That's what I feel like the Lions are good at. Like, yeah, you're the lovable. Like, we're gonna do a video package for you, and we're gonna think sure. that you could be good, but you're not. You know, you're not Ryan Starks. Let's just say, for example, let's say he's not the guy, right? The pieces yeah. that they have been making in the draft are so intentional. Like, not this past draft, but the draft before trenches all trenches that's how you build a good football team right it's like throughout the years those are the positions that really matter and then you had guys like Amon Ross St. Brown who were able to emerge after that Vikings game which was beautiful right loved everything about that so you have these guys bit by bit by bit that could start making a difference you get a QB back there you you got Jameson Williams if he's able to come out and be like the guy that they think he can be watch out for him too I think they're just building it in a really, really smart way. So if Dan Campbell's the guy, they're set. Even if he's not, if they get a guy who could just be competent and not be Matt Patricia, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, it is one of those situations that if it's not Dan Campbell, the next coach is going to love the the team that he's inheriting. It is is disgusting because that offensive line, like we were talking about that, like it's so legit. Yep. And it makes even the most obscene of quarterbacks like Jared Goff look better than they are. And Correct. so they're always going to be in it. They're always going to be there. But I think the game that they had on Sunday against the Eagles is like what we should expect from the Lions. Like, God, you played so great. Yeah. And I know we have a kid who's in the comments right now being like, oh, you know, you guys are going one in 16. It's like, yeah, but you guys are victory lap. Like he was coming on like, hey, it's week one. Calm down. I'm like, you guys are taking victory laps for a moral victory, not yeah. even a victory victory. So I, I think you need to calm down. So I like I like the way that sets up, but I still I don't know. When you talk about the Bears though, and it again, like when people I still feel like they're building it the right way because they did put a lot of capital in the offensive line. We've seen it. You know, and Tevin Jenkins, you know, he pancaked Nick Bosa. He did some nice things. You know, there yep. was a rotation. They put Lucas Patrick out there to play some guard, but it was a nice rotation. Borum played well. Braxton Jones. Gave up a sack, but you know what? Battled back, and you know that, that's a good defensive line. So sure. there's some growing pains going. They're developing that. The defense, though, like putting Justin, like when you talk about developing a quarterback, and you made it. We made the joke, or you you made the joke about paying Christian Kirk all that money. Yeah. Like that is cool. That is fine. But it's like, is Christian Kirk like is he legitimately better than Equinemius St. Brown or Dante Pettis or any of the like? To me, it's I, like you're I, not that much better. I think there's, he's. Better, he's not worth that much money though. Like, there's no yeah. way on on God's green earth that he's worth that much money. And like, that's yeah. what I'm saying. You, I, I was making the joke. The Bears shouldn't do that. <laughs> like, no, I know. I, 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 yeah. We're on board with that. No, no, no. They should not do that. Like, again, if they're going to invest in anything, you invest on that line, right? Whether it's going to be the O line or whether it's going to be the D line yeah. or hell, get yourself a linebacker. I mean, that might be also your premium spot if you know where you're going to be drafting. But I think that you at least have the luxury to go out and shop and say, okay, how do we solidify this? Even if we're not like, you know, big spenders for like a big flashy signing, 
Let's right. get like these solid veterans that we can get there and plug them in in some spots, and automatically we're gonna be more competitive because of it. So yeah, and they're they're just in a weird spot because like their defense. It's not as dominant as it was, right? It, not in like the heyday of like you're looking at like the double doink. Like it's not, it wasn't like that, not like that. There's people that are gone that have eight. You know they're getting a little bit older. There, there. It's just happening because like when you guys had that, I was like, we talk about the Aaron Rodgers window. It was your defense window. I'm not saying it's closed, yeah. but I'm just no, saying man. that they're just in this weird transitional phase where like, are they an offensive team now? Are they a defensive team now? Are they kind of just like? Mostly defense and like running the ball, Dave Montgomery. That's what I mean. It's like trying to figure out what their identity is as a franchise right now. Well, I, I think it, it's still going to be the defense because the first two picks they used in the set, they, they didn't have a first rounder. Yeah. So they had two picks. They they take Jaquan Brisker. It's already funny that Jaquan Brisker was the second guy selected, but the first guy that we think of. And yeah. they got Kyler Gordon. Jaquan Brisker was already out there making plays nominated for defensive rookie of the year or Brisker rookie, of the, of the rookie of the year already give it to already. him <laughs> but he was really good and you could make the argument that he wasn't the best rookie defender on the team on sunday because of course dom robinson went out there a converted wide receiver that they yep. drafted in the fifth round they put him at defensive end so they are getting younger and they are just getting ball players i mean it's yep. it looks bad like when there's somebody sitting in a pizza shop at joe's pizza and wheeling who's like, oh, Khalil Mack's not here, Akeem Hicks is not here. Yeah, like, yeah. name value, that part of it is gone. But, like, sometimes when you're in Costco and you're getting the Kirkland brand, you're like, oh, this is actually better. And yeah. I think that these guys will start becoming household names. So I think that I really love the the approach that Ryan Poles has taken because it feels very deliberate. He yeah. didn't overspend. It could have been easy to placate us and be like, we're going to throw all this money at all these big sure, name sure. people. That's what Ryan Pace would have done. So it's been a nice departure and whether it works out or not. And that's a big thing. Cause I was making the point during the off season that like, look at, you know, you act like there's four new starters on the offensive line. So it's like, you can't yeah. say that they didn't address the offensive line, but like Brian Baldinger was like, but you don't know that they're good. Like you made a yeah. change, but you don't know that they're good. And that's fair. I will say this, that we're a year behind like the Eagles. I think the Eagles are kind of like the, the model that I'm looking after when I'm thinking about how are the bears going to get up to that point? Because you mm -hmm. look at what the Eagles have done, you know, with Jalen hurts, because people question, people still question Jalen hurts. Yeah. So you still have that. And then, but you have that, they built, they built a great offensive line, but they also built a solid roster and they yeah. got to the point where this off season, they are able to go after AJ Brown next year. If there's, I wouldn't overpay for Christian Kirk, but if there is a situation and I know it, it won't be Justin Jefferson, but if there is some, you never know, like it was, a, it was a surprise. Let Justin Jefferson be the next guy. Who's like, I don't want to play here. Please, I want big money. Please. Minnesota. Don't pay him. Pay all the money to Dalvin cook. Give <laughs> Dalvin cook a 10 year extension, a billion dollars. guaranteed. Don't give it to Kirk and Kirk. Give it to Kirk. We don't. Give 84 Don't, mil is not enough. <laughs> you can you can find a Justin Jefferson anywhere, Minnesota. Get rid of him. Uh, pay Dalvin Cook. Oh, that's, and Alexander Madison. That's the only solace that I take because the only way that Justin Jefferson is going to hurt the Vikings is when he's going to get paid. That's the yeah. only that's time. It. Because he, and I knew it. I was like, as soon as he got drafted, I was like, crap. Hated like, that that's Crap. Like, we're not. We're, it's going to be a problem. Hated that pick that it was the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, loved the play. Like, oh my God. Dude, I, phenomenal. I, that is one of the receipts that I have is my mock draft that I did that season saying that if, if he goes to the right spot, he is going to lead all rookies in receiving yep. and that he was going to be a superstar. People are like, where was this at? I'm like, oh, this NFL.com column right here. So uh, speaking of receipts, uh, just so we can put it on the record and uh, before we get you out of here, we got to make the picks. Yeah. And I, I know, listen, they're, we are who we are. Yeah. It's not going to be a surprise. No. But we got to get it on the record. Got to get on the record. For Tom Grassi, yeah. who's going to win on Sunday and what is going to be the final score? Uh, I, 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 you know what? I know it's going to be a shock to many. Uh, I'm going to pick the Packers to win. It's the, I, I know, I know. Did you not watch the games last year? I know. Year? Listen, I know. I know. I know. I mean, listen, they lost last year and then went on a seven-game winning streak. I just have to keep on telling myself. But I think that you're going to see a good defense coming into Lambeau. I think a lot of it is going to be dependent on 
who's playing. Is Jenkins going to be back, a limited participant in practice? So is Bakhtiari, but then he wanted, he was like limping still. And then Alan Lazard was also a limited uh, participant in practice. If Jenkins plays out of all those guys, I feel significantly better. And I think the Packers are able to get it done. I think you're going to see more of an investment in Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon on the ground to see just how successful they're going to be against that defensive line. Um, and then I think that you're going to potentially see a lot more like moderate yard passing. The first pass of the season was that 75 yard bomb to Christian Watson, who unfortunately dropped it. Um, I don't know if he's going to get that kind of trust for uh, this week, but I think the Packers should do enough. I'd see like a 24, 14 game. The thing that bothered me besides the secondary last week was we just Kirk cousins just sat back there. I mean, yeah. like he he could have had a brandy, you know, he could have, you know, pulled out the Coles cash there and, and counted it. He had a lot of time back there. Yeah. And so I want to see like Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith doing a bit more, but then looking at that D line and see, you know, Kenny Clark was causing some havoc last week, you know, kind of against a young offensive line, seeing how much pressure that we can get on Justin Fields. I think that that's going to kind of, uh, really determine how successful the Packers are going to be at least limiting, you know, some of those big plays. Cause Mooney, can right. play. Mooney can he play. can play, he can play. So I, I agree with you. It's going to be a close contest. I have the bears taking this one 21, 20. I think the opportunity is right for a lot of the reasons that you listed, you know, that the Packers are banged up. The weather could be an issue. Yep. And if the bears have to rely on all these like qualifiers to win, I will Act take that. Right now. It's like, whatever. Hey, listen, just get the wins. I think we're at that part of our rebuild right now. So hopefully Justin Fields is able to go out there and do that thing. So, Tom, thank you so much as always. And I tell everybody, like this is – you obviously do a Packers show, but you need to be – you do much more other things. Tell everybody how to find you. Yeah, if you want to hear or see uh, the person that's attached to this Muppet voice, uh, you could just uh, Google Tom Grassi on the YouTubes and uh, you will you will find me. Yeah, we. Uh, it's going to be the biggest season ever so looking forward to it well you do well you do a tremendous job we really do appreciate anytime you take you you take a moment of that to spend with us it is always cherished but uh thank you so much good luck this weekend and i know we'll be seeing you down the road so uh have a great one pleasure buddy thank you all right there he goes the great tom grassi make sure you're following him on all the socials legitimately i told this to his face that he is a great follow the joke was funny. It was a banger. Like, that's a funny joke. Um, and outside of the Packers stuff, like even the Packers, it's worth listening to. He does a great job. One of the most entertaining guys on all of YouTube, regardless of the platform. But right now we want to turn our attention. By the way, I, I know that the Bears have also been saying some stuff that feels like sort of bulletin board material. And at some point in our lives, I want to be like not afraid of the Packers. Not afraid of like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to upset Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to do this. And I think the Bears are getting there. I think they're getting there and they have no fear. And I think that we're going to go out there and we're going to see a different team than we've seen over the last couple of years. So I'm excited for that game. And I am also excited right now because we are going to take a trip to the aisle, Fantasy Isle. Welcome to our Fantasy Island. Oh, we've got a great guest for you today, but I want to remind you that, number one, listen, if you your season is over, I think you can go to Underdog Fantasy and start all over again. That's right. We're going to be announcing a partnership, and Underdog Fantasy is one of the ones that I like to use, and I would implore anybody else who's out there, you're thinking like, ah, oh, my season's over. I drafted Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb, and I'm stacking them up. Well, you know what? All that gets erased away. You just go sign up with Underdog Fantasy right now, and that can be changed. But our guest coming on today, I'm sure she's killing it in her fantasy league. She is one of the brightest minds in all of fantasy football. There are a few people that I trust more than her, so please welcome back to the show our friend, Samantha Praviti. Hi. Hi. That was quite the intro. (laughs) Oh, listen. It is is a well-deserved intro. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for that. By the way, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, I live in California and we have all kinds of air quality issues. We have wildfires, dust, pollution from car emissions, COVID cases on the rise. That's why I got an air purifier. You live in Denver, Colorado. 
that rarefied air is so good. But I'm in California. I need an air purifier, which is why I went out and got one from Air Pura. And I put it in the house. It looks like a little R2-D2. I don't know if you're a Star Wars fan. Little R2-D2 running around the house. It looks amazing. So not all of us are blessed to live in Colorado like you. But if not, you can go out and get a quality air purifier from companies like Air Pura. And uh, I got that pitch in. But how are you? Hey, I might need that too. We've got wildfires. We've got uh, thin air up here. So, uh, it, it, you know, people carry around oxygen and stuff, it, it, especially people from like sea level. It's it's uh, it's it's an unforgiving landscape. I live in Breckenridge, actually. So I actually live it. Uh, I don't want I don't want everybody to be I don't want everybody to be able to find you. You got to do the, <laughs> the, 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 the why. Like I always say, like I'm in L.A. Because you don't want people to be like, oh, what what what's your street address? So like, you know, I'm just trying to play trying to play it cool. Fair enough. I mean, Breckenridge is big enough. It's fine. But yeah, I live at uh, approximately 10,000 feet. So I'm always... Oh my God. When, when I went to LA, actually, I was like, wow, I feel like I can run a marathon. Look at this. Yeah. Sprinting around. Oxygen. The- <laughs> this is what it's like to breathe, which is why I'm glad I have the air pura. Uh, how are your fantasy teams, though? Talking about that. How did you do in week one? You okay? How are we feeling? I'm okay. I had a mixed bag. I will say like at least some of the duds were all on the same team. Like yeah. I had a team that started out with uh, Cam Akers, so that didn't do super well. And mm. then I had like Cole Komet or Darnell Mooney. I'm not sure Ooh. which one on that team. And then like had Allen Robinson, maybe like a whole oh. bunch of just like the guys. And like T Higgins was on that team too. Not his fault. Obviously, leaves the game in the first quarter, but like, what can you do? Um, And I had him stacked with Joe Burrow, and that league takes a lot off for like efficiency and and interceptions and stuff like that. So, like, I saw that like in normal scoring, he had over 20 fantasy points because I mean, he did do a lot of throwing, but I think he had like seven fantasy points in this league. So, um, it was one of those ones that I kind of, it's almost so bad, I want to like tape it to the fridge. Yeah. Yeah, you just, you know what, sometimes you just got to flush that. I, I get a lot of lineups, like they said, people submit lineups and they're like, oh, I lost this week. What do I do? I'm like, well, you drafted good players. They're going to come through. Aaron Jones is going to be fine. Dalvin Cook's going to be fine. There's no reason to be concerned about that. But there are some places where you can draw some concern. And obviously with the injuries, including one to Dak Prescott, who is going to miss a couple. Well, depending on who you talk to, Dak Prescott himself thinks he could miss two months. Jerry Jones thinks he's going to miss a half. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm sorry, Dr. Jones. Uh, Apparently, this isn't a significant injury. Uh, But for those of us playing fantasy football, if we drafted Dak Prescott, and what do we do on the waiver wire? I know it's a little bit late now, but maybe you missed out on picking somebody up. Who are some good quarterbacks that you can use to replace Dak Prescott this week? Sure. So I just want to say that anything that Jerry Jones says, I just assume is cap. So I'm going <laughs> to assume that like Dak Prescott has a better understanding of his type of recovery time than the owner of the Cowboys. But uh, in terms of like guys, you need to pay. I mean, first, I would just cry. Like, but second, right. after, I've done that the tears, <laughs> through the tears, it's, you know, it's like the, the stages of grieving. Um, so yeah. after that first stage, you have to head to the waiver wire. Hopefully you did snag someone. There are a few guys that I was really targeting and those were James Winston and Carson Wentz would probably be the top ones that I was looking at I mean James Winston has that back injury right now but he is expected to go I like the matchup this week so um and he's like a type of guy that I think like season long if he can stay healthy he's like a top 12 type guy I mean he did get saved by that very monster fourth quarter the first three quarters let's just like forget about that but (laughs) uh you know like he but that's the thing like his games are not always the easiest to watch no, but never. It, it, but it gets done. So I'm like, it, it, yeah, it's 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 sometimes a little bit frustrating. But like at the end of the day, he had over 20 fantasy points. You're you're like, hey, I'm good with that. Um, Carson Wentz, uh, he had and credit where credit was due. He had a really good game. He outperformed what I thought he would even do. Now he's not going to play the Jaguars every week, but he does have a pretty yeah. soft schedule coming up. I mean, he plays Detroit this week. Um, I don't think that they're necessarily as much of a cakewalk as they have been in previous years, but I was impressed with what I saw. I mean, four touchdowns and two interceptions finished as the QB three for fantasy. So those were two guys that at least before waivers ran were over, were over 50% available in Yahoo leagues. So, I mean, they, they were out there. If you're in a deeper situation or if you're in like a two QB league where you need to replace 
Dak. And I mean, I would maybe be looking at like guys like Baker Mayfield or um, I don't know. There's, there's, there's a number of guys. (laughs) There are a number of guys out there. You mentioned that Marcus Mariota, maybe with the rushing, like that could be interesting. They're going to be a lot of high, like games where they're behind a lot. So yeah, Yeah, he had 70 rushing yards. I mean, that's not, that's not insignificant. That's a touchdown, you know, basically. So that is uh, that translates. And of course, most fantasy leagues reward the running quarterbacks more than the traditional passers. What did you think of Trevor Lawrence? Did you get a chance to see much of his game? I thought that he looked good and the fantasy point totals weren't, you know, what I wanted them to be. But when I went back and watched the game, I was a little bit more encouraged. There were just a couple of plays that got called back, just missing Travis Etienne in the end zone. I'm like, he's close. What do we, how do we feel about him going up against the Colts? Yeah, I actually really like a lot of the Jaguars this season because I think there's that like post-hype sleeper appeal to some of them because I think there were these unrealistic lofty expectations put on the Jaguars at like last year. They were this like zero to hero type team and people were like, oh, they're going to win eight to 10 games. And obviously they they did not do that. They were, um, and that's just a really difficult thing for, for teams to do. So I think, uh, you know, he looked pretty good and they're going to, be better than people expect at this point, yeah. but probably not great, but good enough. I mean, we've seen lots of quarterbacks, especially for fantasy do well. And to your point about like the fantasy stat line, maybe not being that great. I mean, there were a lot of guys this week that just like the fantasy points did not tell the whole story type thing. Like, yeah. they're, they're not going to tell you that, you know, Travis Etienne had that drop or, or anything like that. So um I have faith in the in the Jaguars. I think he is a, a very solid QB two rest of season. Yeah, I just can't. I just can't bring myself to go after Carson Wentz. There's just something I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Am I a bad person? I just don't feel like I want to, but I just can't do it. Okay, so I think it's it's just like you have to be prepared to be hurt by him too, <laughs> because like the range of outcomes for this guy is just so wide. Like I could see him going like QB three, like he did, and then I can also see him laying a bagel. So like I, it's 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 tough to say. He's just, but yeah, like after a certain point, when you're not you're not getting Josh Allen off the waiver wire, so at some yeah. point, like you're just gonna have inherent risk built into some of these guys i'm just saying he's like one of the quote-unquote best ones available if you're like a, a DAC manager and you really need someone to to go out there i mean you really need someone in your qb yeah. spot yeah it is one of those things he i don't know if this is the proper comparison but it, it feels very ryan fitzpatrick like <laughs> hey huge game we're like you know what everybody we're in like there's no way this can go wrong he's back and then you start him and he goes out there and he throws like four interceptions and you're like, what did I do? Maybe you should just go out. There. I feel like if he went out and did something crazy, like, like dyed his beard black, like then maybe like be a little bit more heelish. Like he's almost too nice. Like he's just, he's a nice person, but it's like, you need an edge Carson Wentz. Like go out there, get a black beard like Hogan when he was part of the NWO and then just kind of like take that persona and see what he can do. And maybe that can translate. But before we well, uh, need to start dressing like Car- uh, like yes. Fitzpatrick at those press conferences because that was yeah. swag. <laughs> yeah, get some Hawaiian shirts. You would look pretty <laughs> sick. But uh, we talk about Dak Prescott, and obviously the impact is not just at the quarterback position. It does filter down to the wide receiver. I have way too many shares of CD Lamb. I felt like I was talked into CD Lamb during the offseason. I am sitting here not feeling great. What is your outlook for CD Lamb with Cooper Rush as the quarterback? Adam, I'm going to be honest, I'm pretty concerned. Uh, (laughs) And the thing is, is that it's not just Cooper Rush. I am concerned because C.D. Lamb did not look great when Dak was on the field. I mean, Dak played most of that game. uh, C.D. Lamb caught two passes on 11 targets. That's a 27% target share for 29 yards, finished as the wide receiver, 75 and half PPR. So not a great time for (laughs) C.D. Lamb managers, obviously. Um, I don't know if it's like the dynamic on the field because they got rid of Amari Cooper and now they have a whole bunch of like D-list type guys out there. No offense, but like, yeah, like guys are just not going to draw a lot of coverage. And then he's going to get double teamed and he maybe just can't deal with that like he needs a complimentary type piece and I don't know he just just 
did not look great in that game. I, I don't want to overreact too, too much. But yeah, with the Cooper Rush thing, I will say the only saving grace here is that when uh, Dak Prescott didn't play in 2020, uh, when Andy Dalton had to pinch hit, CD Lamb wasn't a complete flop. And all those guys were were okay, not great. They're not as good as they would be with Dak. So I think like CD Lamb in my head gets downgraded to a wide receiver two at this point, which is disappointing, but not like, oh, you got to just flat out sit him every week. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that a lot of us can afford to sit him, even despite exactly. the downgrade at the quarterback spot. And, you know, I go to I go to the saving grace of Cooper Rush last year in the one game that he played. He did win, and he did pepper Amari Cooper with 14 targets. But then we saw last week, CeeDee Lamb had a bunch of targets, and it didn't translate, but we just got to sit there. Hope for the best. Keep hitting the waiver wire. Look for guys like Kyle Phillips to put on your bench. Maybe someday we have to make that switch, but I – it's depressing. And again, for a guy that I didn't even want to draft, but I was sitting there with Matt Harmon's draft tiers. And even in the Yahoo drafts, this is why this is why I play underdog now. Because underdog wouldn't have led me astray like Yahoo did. I'm like, why did I listen? See, I didn't want him. And I got talked. This is why I got to like just drown out the noise during the offseason. And, and another guy that I really loved during the offseason who I didn't get enough shares of with Saquon Barkley, is is Saquon back? I'm I'm gonna say he's back. Obviously, with the asterisk until he gets injured. Uh, I, I mean, he looked like Saquon, vintage Saquon from two years ago. Put up nearly 200 yards of scrimmage on the Titans. Finished as the RB one in every format. I mean. You, you gotta like it, he passes the eye test, he looks right. great. So, and, and the thing is, is that yeah, you can say he's injury prone, but every running back out there is being exposed to injuries at a higher rate than probably a lot of other positions. So, it's not like oh, yeah, like he, him versus like Joe Mixon, he's not injury prone. I'm like, no, they're right. all kind of exposed to a certain degree of it. And, you know, Saquon Barkley, I think he just still has a lot of tread left in on the tires there. So I, I think, yeah, there was trepidation about him going into the draft. But, uh, you know, everyone was not everyone, but a lot of people were all in on Christian McCaffrey. And it's like if you were giving Christian McCaffrey the benefit of the doubt there, you probably had to give Saquon Barkley the same benefit of the doubt because they've like kind of missed the same amount of time, maybe a little bit different types of injuries. But I mean, he looked great right out of the gate. So, I mean, he could be the RB2, RB1 for fantasy this year if he stays healthy. Yeah, that is going to be one I feel like I regret not getting. Drafting C.D. Lamb and not taking Saquon Barkley. <laughs> and and last year, you know what? Derrick Henry got hurt. And that guy is built like a brick outhouse. And he got hurt. Everybody gets hurt. Joe Mixon, as exactly. you mentioned, for a long time was injury prone. Last year, one of the few. Right. One of four players to have 1,500 scrimmage yards and 15 touchdowns. So you're injury prone until you're not. I love Saquon this year. Didn't like the situation with Eli Mitchell. Uh, I thought that was unfortunate that the injury – wasn't even running the football on the play that he got injured on. Jeff Wilson Jr. seemed to be the hot pickup on the waiver wire. Is he the guy to have in San Francisco? Oh, God. So first, like, even with Eli Mitchell, I already had trust issues with Kyle Shanahan. Like, it, it's, it's obviously, it's not just unfounded. Everyone kind of feels the same way about 49ers back, the 49ers running backs. Uh, the correct answer, like, which 49ers running back you want to have is Debo Samuel, obviously. Yeah. So everyone else is just vying for that number two spot. Now, that said, like, Jeff Wilson was pretty unremarkable in the game. Uh I mean, Elijah Mitchell left pretty early. So right. there were definitely a lot of opportunities. Now, I, I get it. This game was like very weird, though. I mean, yeah. it would have lent itself more to to rushing if really you if think, you looked yeah. at it. But <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I think that there were elements of it that were just kind of weird. And I don't want to take too, too much from it. He saw nine carries for 22 yards, caught a couple of his targets for eight yards. So, yeah, like I said, not not super head turning. Um, I don't, I did not advise people to go out and like spend a hundred percent of their fab on Jeff Wilson because it's like, okay, yeah, we like, we've done, we've seen this movie before, right? Have you not yeah. seen this movie before where you're like, oh, I've got to go out and get Jermichael Hasty or yeah. whatever. And then like, he, cause Jermichael Hasty had 
you know, 20 carries in one game, then the next game he's got two or nothing. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I think that they're probably going to have to lean on some of the younger guys. Uh, Tyrion Davis price was the healthy scratch in that game. Um, he may have to kind of step up. And I, I know there's another guy that was an undrafted free agent whose name is, escaping me right now but i think that they're kind of going to end up having to paste it together instead of yeah. like relying on one dude it it doesn't matter what his name is i don't even bother to <laughs> learn their name it's like it's like my daughter with the lol dolls it's like once you bought one it's like you have to buy all the rest of them and that's the way it is with san francisco running backs it's like now you need every single one of them i don't know why i don't know how i ended up with eli mitchell in the first place now I've got a roster full of random 49er running backs and I hate it. I should just cut bait and be like, you know what? I'm just going <laughs> to, I know I can put Eli Mitchell on IR. I might just release him. Like I don't want the head. Oh I'm, done. I'm done with it. All this. Yeah. I zero. mean, it's always a, it's always a roller coaster with uh, the 49ers running backs. So I was, I, I was disheartened because I knew that there were risks drafting Eli Mitchell going yeah. into the season. Obviously he was a little banged up last year and even regardless, you know, Kyle Shanahan is mercurial at best, but you know, him getting injured in the first game is just like brutal. You're just like, Oh, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> why did, yeah. I have nobody to blame, but myself. Why did I get that's how I felt with my Bengals survivor pick. I was screaming at the television. Of course, like I took the Bengals. How dumb is that? But why? I- <laughs> the, Steelers, the Steelers beat the bills last year. You know that, that MT is going to have his team ready for week one. Even if they end up winning six games, they're going to win. Oh, damn. I mean, look, hold on. I'm not alone. There were a whole, like, oh, I think the top it. seven survivor picks, like, across whatever, a whole bunch of platforms, like, they all lost or something like that. Like, a, the Titans were a really popular survivor pick, and they obviously yeah. got upset by the Giants. So, I mean, it was a really, really That's weird true. week out there. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just watching. I'm like, oh, he's going to miss the kick. I know he's going to miss the kick. Oh, of course. He misses the kick. There was no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was Googling, like, do ties count? And, of course, like, it doesn't even matter because they lost the game. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. I uh, Thankfully, my survivor pick of the Bears played off. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I don't do – I'm not allowed to do survivor picks. So, oh. <laughs> I don't think so. I can't do them for money. I, I don't. They make us do them, and you're like, cool, can I be in this – or, like, don't, don't be in the pool. <laughs> like, oh, so I got to sit here and promote. Like, okay, I get out of that. Insider trading, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like what? If, yeah, exactly. Um, it's because you're what, just such a big shot, Adam. You know not. what? That's it. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Heavy before as the we, crown. <laughs> heavy as the crown. Exactly. Uh, before we let you go, we do want to ask you, um, obviously, waivers have been processed. Are there any guys that are still possibly available? Like if I got to go dumpster diving, once I get rid of Eli Mitchell, I'm going to be able to, I'm going to free my life up because I'm going to, I'm going to be able to lose four 49er running backs. Uh, who are some of the guys that we could be looking at? who could potentially pay off for you down the line. Yeah. Dumping Eli Mitchell. That's like the equivalent of like deleting your ex's like contact information (laughs) off your phone. Like it's just cathartic, but yeah, no, I get it. Um, I mean, a a number of the popular ads, we we talked about Carson Wentz, like the, the pass catchers were, were, pretty popular Curtis Samuel went from five to 64% rostered overnight. Um, Jahan Dotson. uh, He's a guy that could still be available out there. He went from 23 to 40% rostered Um, Logan Thomas, I think is still pretty available as well. So those three guys, especially with their matchup this week could be worth rostering Um, in terms of like, even if you want to talk about this Thursday night game, I I don't know when this comes out, but there's certainly some guys there like DeAndre Carter, who's still 8% rostered. Uh, He went from Mm -hmm. one to 8%. So he's going to be out there. Josh Palmer. uh, He was, uh, I think he played the the most passing snaps of any of the players out there. So even though he didn't have the the greatest fantasy game, um, Sterling Shepard actually looked pretty good. I mean, I hate to recommend giants players that are not named Saquon Barkley, but uh, he looks pretty good out there. And I think Wandale Robinson is banged up. So uh, could be a little bit more target share for him moving forward. Uh, And then, you know, if you, if you are the Eli Mitchell person and Rex Burkhead happens to be out there, I think he's not a sexy name, but uh, sexy Rexy could, could, uh, could at least give us a few weeks because I think Damian Pierce uh, truthers were a little disappointed by his, his, uh, 
performance in week one, honestly, I thought that that was pretty predictable. I thought yeah. that like with the rookie sort of situation, like they were going to probably ease him into it. I don't think this is like some big thing where you should be dropping Damian Pierce or anything nope. like that. I think you should have just expected this from the start, but it, in the interim, as he, they ease him in Rex Burkhead might be the guy. Yeah. I think for a one week pop, I think it's a pretty good idea to go out and get Rex Burkhead and the Damian Pierce thing. This is why it was comfortable drafting him in the 13th round. Got yes. a little dicey whenever they started drafting him in the fourth. It's like, I love subway. <laughs> I love Subway, but I'm not paying 50 bucks for a foot long, which is basically what that turned out to be. Exactly. But, uh, and he was uh, consensus ranked as a top 24 running back going into week one, like for week one. And I was like, that's yeah. a little aggressive. That's a lot of pressure to put on a guy that like, you know, never had a full workload at Florida, all that, right. all that stuff. So, I mean, it's like, it's a little unrealistic on a team that we don't think it's going to put on that many points. So I think like he'll, he'll do well, especially if you got him in, what would you say the 11th round? Uh, right. But I don't know that he'll pay off if you get him in the fourth <laughs> Yeah, your roster is going to look a little thin if you use the fourth round pick on them. You use them in the 13th, that's probably a little <laughs> bit more comfortable. But listen, Samantha, where can everybody find you on the internet? Sure. Yeah. So I am on a green dot daily. Uh, that is uh, action networks daily show. Uh, you can catch that on YouTube and Twitter and whatever. I'm also on the fantasy flex every Monday, giving out waiver picks and convince me every Sunday before the game talking about start sit and injuries and everything like that. And then all my written work is on ActionNetwork.com. All right. And you can follow her on Twitter at Samantha NFL. Again, one of the rising voices in the fantasy community. We're very, very thankful when you take time to join us, and uh, we appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. There she goes, the great Samantha Praviti. And what a great show it was today. Packers week is upon us. I can't wait. I think the Bears have an opportunity once again to shock the world. So keep those receipts. Keep cool, because I think good things are going to happen. Until next time. Bear down. Sammy, go ahead and play us up. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.